The Power of the Word is brought to you each week by the support of our partners and friends. Today on Power of the Word. But when we, when we set aside a time to fast before the Lord, it is just that. It's a time to fast before the Lord. It's a time to go before God. So what we, see, we, we, we seek above anything else or what we desire above anything else is a deeper, closer relationship with God. Amen? It's not so that, you know, we can lose weight. That may be a benefit of it. And there, there are, there are, there's lots of things like that. But when we talk about a spiritual fast, it's, it's done to draw closer to God. Life gives us plenty of things we could worry about, but the Bible gives us answers for how to live above the cares of this life. God wants us to live completely free from worry and anxiety. In this series, Carefree Living, Pastor Ed King explains the dangers of worry and how to combat it. He also shares what the Bible says about replacing worrisome thoughts with the promises of God. It is very, very, very important to know what things you can control and what things you can't control and to separate the two. And the things you can control, control, and the things you can't control, trust God. To get this series as a digital download for $13 or on CD for $25, visit us at poweroftheword.com or call us at 800-956-4433. Carefree living is the most responsible thing you can do for your own well-being. Cast your worries and cares on the Lord once and for all and start living a carefree life today. Now we've been in a time here of uh, 30 days of prayer and fasting in the church and we've been going through that. And so there's a lot of good benefits that come from it. Last week we talked to you about the generational things that can be broken through prayer and fasting. I want to talk to you today a little bit about this whole process of fasting and I want to talk to you about divine guidance that comes through this process of fasting and what the scripture promises you in relationship to that. Now there's so many things that we could cover, but you can't cover it all. You, you just, well, you get led, it's what you do. You know, you pray and you ask God to tell you what to preach and he does. And so this is what he told me to preach. And so that's what we're doing. Amen. Amen. Now I want you to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter six. Now, again, we're talking about fasting for divine guidance. Now, you know, over the process of a number of years of being in ministry and public, visible, full-time ministry, and I think probably the predominant question, and it'll take a lot of forms in how it's asked, but the predominant question that you're always asked, now there's lots of questions that come, but the predominant one, the prevailing one that it's always asked is, how do you know the will of God? How do you hear God's voice? Things of that nature. It's always related to that. Amen. And so every time you talk about it, it causes an interest in people because any responsible Christian wants to be able to hear God's voice and wants to be able to follow God's will. To spend your life apart from knowing God's will or being in God's will 
is really a life spent in vain because it doesn't make any difference how much you accomplish. If you accomplished great things outside of the plan of God, there's no eternal reward for it. God has a plan for your life and he wants you to walk in it. Amen. And so we need guidance to do that. Now here in Matthew chapter six, and I want to begin to read from verse 16, it says, moreover, now this is Jesus, moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward, but thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto the Father which is in secret, and the Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. There's a few things that you could mention from this passage. First thing I want to say, Jesus said, moreover, when you fast. He didn't say if you fast, he said when. So fasting is an expected thing in the life of a disciple, a follower of the Lord Jesus. Now, I grew up in a, you know, I grew up in church, and I will say this, I was in my mid-20s, early to mid-20s, before I ever was exposed much at all to the concept of fasting. I didn't, I, I, we, we were not taught this. I was not taught this growing up at all. It was not a part of our church life, church discipline, or anything of that nature. And uh, sad, though, because there's so much benefit to fasting. And so when I became acquainted with it, I was really ignorant of it. I, I mean, very, very ignorant of it. What's the reason? Why should you? I just thought really basically all that fasting would do was make you hungry. But I couldn't see any spiritual reason for it whatsoever. Might be a discipline, a personal discipline. Maybe, you know, you, you deprive yourself of food for a period of time. That might be a good thing. Um, just for the personal discipline in it. But I didn't see anything much beyond that. And then you begin to study scripturally and you begin to see what fasting really offers and the wonders of it, really. Um, and you begin to realize that to not do it, you're going to cheat yourself out of much that God has for you. You don't have to, you don't have to fast to be saved. You don't have to fast to go to heaven. It's not required. It's an option and you get to do it. It's like receiving communion. You don't have to do it. But there's spiritual benefit in it when you do do it. Amen? So that's what we're going to delve into. And so Jesus said, not if you fast, but when you fast. And you find over here in Matthew chapter 9, verse number 15, gives us a little insight into that. And Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bridegroom mourn? They, they had asked Jesus a question about why his disciples, his followers, weren't fasting. And he said, Can the children of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the day will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them, and then they shall fast. And so what he's saying in his absence, while Jesus is gone, while he's ascended to the Father, and while we're awaiting that process of, of reuniting with him, which will happen one day. I don't believe it's far away. But he said up until then, his disciples, his followers, they will fast. Now, again, there are people who talk about, I heard somebody talking about an e-fast. 
You ever heard of that phrase, e-fast? And uh, I don't, I don't disagree with the concept of that. But an e-fast in, in this person's particular um, element of influence was talking about all electronics, you know, computer, TV, social media, all those things. You know, doing away with that for a period of time. Well, probably that's a good thing to do. But that does not qualify as a biblical fast. An e-fast is not a Bible fast. A Bible fast is going without food. It's not going without water. Now, there's a couple of places in Scripture where they fasted without water or anything. But that's rare. So, in a fast, you, need to, you probably need to drink more water, not less. Because a lot of times in a fast, your body will rid itself of a lot of uh, impurities that maybe cause health uh, risks. So there's a lot of health benefits to fasting. And medical science is proving that. And I'm not talking about Christian um, teaching. We know from the Bible you can see that. But a lot of just uh, medical professionals are finding that fasting, and there's a lot of talk now about intermittent fasting. You know, where you fast 12 hours or you fast 18 hours or whatever. And even the, even the, the, the first meal of the day is called breakfast. That's break fast. It's that cycle of, from dinner till breakfast the next morning. And it's a breaking of the fast. That's what breakfast is. And so that even in and of itself teaches that people have recognized down through the years that periodic fasting was good. And a lot of people, you know, fast for weight loss. And uh, I can tell you this, if you want to lose weight, don't eat. That'll work. Now you may <laughs> you may say, well, you know, we need to eat this and this and this and this and, and avoid this and this and this and this. Well, I can tell you this. If you avoid food, you'll lose weight. I mean, that's not a great revelation. Don't eat, get smaller. Just the way it works. Amen? But in our case, we're not really talking about fasting for those reasons so much, even though those are side benefits. We're talking about the spiritual benefits of fasting. We're talking about this relationship with God thing that, that we're looking for. You get the other, it's a part of it. But that's not necessarily the goal. Now, that may be your goal. And if you set it as a goal, I wouldn't fault you for it. But what I'm talking about is not for those reasons. Amen. I could give you, I could read you plenty of sheets that talk about the medical benefits of fasting. And maybe sometime we ought to do that. But what I don't want to do is confuse you to think that's the goal here. We're talking about the spiritual benefits of fasting. Amen. And again, we're talking about fasting for divine guidance. Everybody say divine guidance. divine guidance. And so it tells us here that again, Matthew 6, it says that we don't, we don't fast to be seen of men. We don't fast so that people will think we're somehow more spiritual than they are. We don't fast to draw attention to ourselves. And he said here, when you fast, uh, do it not to appear unto men to fast. Now, some have said, well, if you let anybody know you're fasting, 
then you violated the whole concept of a fast, and therefore a fast won't work. I don't think that's true at all. And you know from the book of Joel, and we may touch on this a little bit, and we may actually read from there a little bit, but um, it says to proclaim a fast, sanctify a solemn assembly. Talks about the leadership, sanctifying a fast and proclaiming a fast. Well, how are you going to proclaim a fast and keep it secret? It doesn't even make sense. So what he's getting at is not that you're going to lose the reward of the fast if somebody finds out you fasted. What he's saying is this is a thing, the concept of it is don't do it for spiritual pride. Don't, don't do it so you can appear to be spiritually superior or you can put down another person because they didn't fast. We don't do these things to be seen. We do these things before the Lord. Some have said, well, if you fast and you don't do it the certain way, I know, uh, you know, there's certain uh, partial fasts, for example, a Daniel's fast, and they ate no meat or pleasant bread for a period of 21 days. And there's, there's guidelines on how you can do a Daniel's fast. And a lot of things are said about that. And I think it's certainly biblical to do a partial fast. And it's, it's probably health-wise very good for us too. And so uh, needing no meat, pleasant bread, be basically, uh, don't eat meat obviously, and uh, sugar and things related, derivatives of sugar and certain things along those lines. And so those are certainly uh, forms of fasting as well. And, and they're good periodically to do it. I've done that. We've done that. We've done it as a church, uh, not in recent years, but we have done it in the past. We've, we've, come, uh, we've come to pretty much conclude in the body life of church here, it's a little bit more realistic to ask people to fast a day, a week, and you determine the day because your work schedule will tell you or dictate to you which day is probably the best. And uh, so we let you make those choices. Now, you, you can make the choice not to do anything. You know, we can't make you do this. We're just suggesting. But the Bible does say as leaders, we proclaim a fast. And we give guidelines. And the reason I say those things to you is people sometimes, uh, they have a certain thing that, that they'll get guilt, they'll feel real guilty for if they don't do without. In other words, uh, I'm going to use coffee as an illustration. There are some people, they say, well, you know, um, I'm going to fast food, but I'm still going to drink coffee. And one of the reasons for that is because if you go on an extended fast, you're going to find the second and third day caffeine withdrawal will make your body do funny things. You're going to have some headaches and you're going to probably have some body aches. I do. And so some people that don't want to go through that, they, they'll fast food, but they won't fast the coffee. And I've heard people say, well, your fast won't work then. Well, if you're proclaiming the fast then who's to say it won't work? This is not a legalism. It's something you do personal, personally for discipline between you and the Lord. I don't think God's going to fall off the throne if you have a cup of coffee. <laughs> do you? I just don't. And see, what we do is we make a legalism out of it. And that's what he's telling us to not do. That is exactly what he's telling us to not do. 
Don't make a legalism out, this, out of this. Do this out of a personal discipline between you and the Lord. And, and I know you, you don't enjoy necessarily going without food, but there is a joy in it related to the benefit that comes from it. And keep it that way. Amen. Well, oh my God, if, 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 I, if I were to even slip and, and, and have a cup of coffee, I'd lose my whole reward. Really? It's like you set yourself to pray an hour a day and you pray only 45 minutes. Oh my God, you sinner you. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So we, we make things too hard to be reasonable. I think you need to enjoy your relationship with Jesus Christ. I just do. And not get in caught up in all that stuff. Amen. He sent his word and healed them. As the word goes out, it heals the hurting, mends the wounded, uplifts the weak, and nurtures the hungry. Through power of the word, we are taking that healing message of hope to all the world, to change lives every day and make a difference for the kingdom of God. Partner with us and help change lives. Paul said that when you partner with a ministry, the grace that's on that ministry begins to be the grace that comes on you. As you're faithful, we know you will see God change your life as well. We have several ways you can give. Go to poweroftheword.com. Call us at 1-800-956-4433 or text the word GIVE to 1-865-978-6380. Anyway, he gives us some guidelines here, but I want to I underscore, and we'll come back to it a, a little bit more later. It says that we don't fast to appear unto men to fast, but unto, but unto the Father. And the Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Very important. God sees what goes on in private, but he rewards it in the open. And so, see, I was of the opinion, all you do when you fast is go hungry. And I wasn't aware of the fact that God sees what I do in secret, and he has an open reward for it. I wasn't aware of that. I just thought it was something that probably more like a works thing. You know, like, like reading the Bible or something, you know. Because these are things that you can't necessarily detect. You can see the benefit. You know, you can't see the, you can't see the wind, but you can see what it does. That's what he's getting at. You may not see in the natural that it's doing anything, but remember everything you do before God, you do in faith. You trust him for the results. So the father who sees in secret rewards you in the open. Now we find over here in Joel chapter 2 verse number 12 he said, Therefore also now saith the Lord turn ye even to me with all your heart and with fasting and with weeping and with mourning and rend your heart and not your garment and turn unto the Lord your God for he is gracious and merciful slow to anger and of great kindness and repenteth him of the evil. And so this is a, this is a, a process of of things that maybe need to be repented of that we, we go to God for in a time of, of prayer and fasting. We tell God, you know, I look, I've been spending too much time in front of the TV, maybe, 
or too much time or not enough time in the Bible, you know. And so there, there can be that element in there where, you, you know, you rectify things. But the point is in this is this is not something to be seen before men. That's not why we do it. We do this to come in connection with God. Now, what he said here, turn ye even to me with all your heart and with fasting and with weeping and mourning. And so there's a repentance element, that weeping and mourning, that's what he's talking about. But when we, when we set aside a time to fast before the Lord, it is just that. It's a time to fast before the Lord. It's a time to go before God. So what we, see, we, we, we seek above anything else or what we desire above anything else is a deeper, closer relationship with God. Amen? That's the goal here. <clears throat> it's not so that, you know, we can lose weight. That may be a benefit of it. And there, there are, there are, there's lots of things like that. But when we talk about a spiritual fast, it's, it's done to draw closer to God. That's what the goal is. Amen. And there are going to be a lot of things attached to that. So when we need direction for our life, when we need direction for a situation maybe you're facing, there could be an emergency situation that's come up against you. Uh, there could be something that you weren't expecting that's a surprise in your life. And you never know what that may be. Maybe a career change that you weren't planning on. It could, it could be any number of things. I wasn't expecting this to happen in my family. I wasn't expecting this to happen on my job. I wasn't expecting this to happen. You know, maybe there's an accident or something of that nature. In special times, it's always appropriate to go to God with special times where we seek Him. When you need to hear His voice, you can go to Him. Now, I see, I, I begin to understand that you could get direction from God on a fast. I began to understand that a number of years ago through, through study. And I went to God somehow thinking that if I set myself apart for a day or two or three, you know, God's just going to parachute in the room. You know, there's going to be this almost visible manifestation of God right in my midst. And I'd find I'd come to the end of maybe a three-day fast, something of that nature, and I really hadn't felt that that really happened. You know, just where, where's that word from God? Where's that vision? Where's that revelation? But then I began to understand that I'm doing this in faith based on what the Scripture says. And then I came to the awareness of the God who sees in secret rewards me in the open. And so I didn't necessarily have to see it when I was still in secret because I was going to see it when I got in the open. In other words, it changes the course or the direction of what happens when I come out of that quiet spot. That's an important revelation right there. Because you'll begin to think the wrong way. You'll begin to think, well, it didn't do any good. All I did was go hungry. And remember, you're doing this in faith. And you did a whole lot more than go hungry. If you did it in accordance with Scripture, 
as much as you can. And you may, you say, well, you know, I didn't do it perfectly. Well, you probably won't. You're human. You don't have to do everything perfectly. Isn't that what grace is all about? Making up the difference. <laughs> so here we find that in the, in these times of direction that we need or a bad situation or when we really just need to know what to do. I wouldn't make a career move or a career change without a day or two of fasting. Big decisions need big direction. And you need to hear from God before you do something. Before you make a move, cross-country move or something like that, and you don't spend a time of prayer and fasting about that. I mean, this is serious stuff, guys. You know, you can make a mistake. You say, well, I know I, know I heard from God. Well, I know. But it still won't hurt you to spend a little time before God. If you don't do anything else, you'll clean the highway between you and where you're going with some spiritual activity, negative spiritual activity. And you'll bring into your life a little positive spiritual activity. Amen. And so fasting is a way to receive direction or receive uh, instruction, things of that nature. We find in Matthew 6 and verse number 18, he said that thou, uh, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee open. And we said that, and I'm emphasizing it again because I want you to get the fact that when you get in the open is when the answer comes. One of the number one questions that I hear as a pastor is how do you know God's will? How can you tell what to do and how is God guiding me? One of the things that I've found over many years that when I get in that time that I really need to hear the voice of the Lord and we need it all the time, but there's certain big decisions that require big guidance. I've always found it's important to maybe spend some time fasting before the Lord. Just go without some food for a meal or two or a day or two, or maybe longer even. But whatever the case may be, I've always found that when I would set myself to hear God, He'd always come through. We do it in faith, and it doesn't really, to the natural mind, make any sense. But it's a spiritual thing. The Bible says that when we fast, we're, we're led with the heritage of Jacob. That, so there's a, there's a leading, and I won't go into the explanation of all of what that means, but there'll be no strange gods before us. And, and there's just a lot of things, no false guidance. And so it's an important thing. But you know, the number one form of guidance that we have is the person of the Holy Spirit within us. And you come into a relationship with the Holy Spirit by coming to know Jesus Christ. If you've never been born again, that's what you must do. And you need to do it today. You maybe say, well, I'm, I'm, I've been saved. I did that when I was a child. But you may, may be walking at a distance and you may not be close to God. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I take you right now as my Lord and my Savior. And I give my life to you to serve you today and forever. Sin, I don't serve you. Satan, I don't serve you. I repent of my sins, and Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. Now, if you prayed that simple prayer, it's simple, but it's profound in its impact. It can change everything. 
can change every eternity. It changes eternity. Let us know here what you've done. We want to pray with you. We want to love you. We want to love you back through our prayers and through our blessings. Thanks for being a part here of Power of the Word. And we look forward to our next time together. Uh, again, we know you don't have to tune in, but we're glad you do. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless you till then.